Thank you for tuning into Our Human Experience. Please take a moment and subscribe and leave a rating and review. This really helps to spread the wonderful conversations we bring to our listeners each week with more people. With love and deep gratitude, we truly thank you. Welcome to Our Human Experience, where we unpack the lessons, opportunities, and experiences that life offers us all. Join us as we share valuable insight, vulnerability, laughs, and tears from our lives and the lives of our guests. We know you will relate, find comfort, challenge, support, and ultimately value in the stories shared here. Settle in for a chat amongst friends as we explore our human experience. All right, and here we are, our human experience. Melissa and Chad with you today, and today we're going to talk about boundaries. And we'll take a few twists and turns here, and we'll try to unpack how we define boundaries, why they're valuable, um, how we can help to maintain them, how we can help to alter them if we need to, and how we can communicate those to the people around us so that they understand where we're at and everyone is kind of on the same page and communicating well mm-hmm. and, and no one's getting upset with one another for for no real reason because yeah. they didn't realize they said something or did something that was maybe out of line that didn't seem like a big deal you know, to that individual. So yeah. um, all of these things, they really bo- they boil down to boundaries. They boil down to creating what your limits are in terms of the type of interactions and energies that you want to bring into your life, the the sort of activities and people that you want in mm-hmm. your life and the sort of things that you want to put out into all of these areas yeah. as well. It's it's a it's less about it's less thinking about this like a wall. I, I like the idea of considering boundaries to be almost like a cell membrane. Right? Like I love it's that. It's permeable. Yeah. Right? Stuff can come in and out of it. Yeah. And you get to choose and be kind of the gatekeeper of mm-hmm. those things. And you should yeah. choose. You, yeah. you get that opportunity I to mean, set that. I'd love people to walk away from this conversation understanding and recognizing that everything in our life exists because we've either chose it or we've allowed it. Um, I love the, the cell membrane. As you were talking, I was thinking like something that was... Like bouncy, like you know, like that like wiggle. a wall, but with holes in it that has a force field or something. Yeah, you know. Um, but unfortunately, we live in a society that just praises busyness and more and more and more and being exhausted and overextending yourself is like a status symbol. And Literally, like, just <laughs> saw. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I realize I'm doing it, but I, I, I meant to say something to you the other day. I, we, I just saw a friend of ours put something up that was just that glamorizing how busy they were yeah. and how many how many things they're doing at working multiple part-time jobs and their full-time job and parenting and this and that and like all this stuff and I'm like I mean that's cool I love that you're able to bring so many things that you enjoy into your life but it had that feeling of like look at all the shit I'm doing I'm so fucking busy I'm winning yeah Right? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I've gotten to a point where 
I mean, I love my work, but I would love to be the most effective in the least amount of time. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's not that I don't want to work hard. It's that I have so many other things that I'd like to be doing in addition to the work I'm doing. Sure. Right? Because all of those other things make my work better. They make me a better coach, parent, whatever. So, yeah, I, a long time ago, I've, I've come to the realization that, you know, more, I mean, we talk about it all the time on like the fitness side, that more is not more, Mm -hmm. right? And that just has bled into the rest of my life where like more, more of anything isn't better, you know, necessarily. Not always. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love people to kind of walk away from this conversation, you know, understanding that putting themselves higher on their to-do list should be a priority. Being able to say no, like, there's a bunch of myths, I think, that surround creating boundaries. That Mm -hmm. they're rude, that they are um, something that we do when, you know, we really don't want to do something, but we say we do, you know. So it's, I think there's a negative connotation around creating boundaries, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And um, I'd like people to walk away from this conversation with that they're not, it's not selfish. It's not disrespectful. It's not, you're not, you're not pushing away people that you care about by creating boundaries and saying no to things. Those are actually forms of self-love and self ways to show other people that you not only care about them, but you also care about yourself. Yeah. Right? So, and I think there's a huge thing when it comes to family, too. Like, people are like, well, I can hold boundaries at work or I can hold boundaries with my friends. But, you know, like, my family, that's just, I, I, I can't do that. I have to say yes. Mm-hmm. And my argument is, like, those should be the people that understand the most, so you should hold more boundaries with them. You should be able to tell your mom or your mother-in-law or your, your you know, your sister-in-law, like, this is too much or I don't need you right now or I yeah. need some space, you know, and they should be able to still walk away from that feeling loved, not feeling disrespected. Absolutely. And I would, I would even look at the way that you're talking to me right now and the, um, the, the language that you've chosen and even shift that. So hearing someone say, I, I can hold boundaries at work or whatever amongst my friends, mm-hmm. whatever that might be, and I can't hold boundaries with these other people. Well, you're, you're setting that limit. You're telling yourself, like, this is yeah. something you cannot you're, do. Going back, you've, and then you, you've chosen that those limits aren't something that are available to you. Correct. And even going as far as for you to say, like, well, you should be and you should do. No, you can. You can choose. It's not about should or shouldn't. And your family, they will or they won't accept those boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would tend to believe that for most people that have arguably a decent relationship with their family, they're going to be okay mm-hmm. with boundaries that are set. They're going to still love you and respect it, blah, blah, blah. There's certainly exceptions to those rules. Right. And... I would imagine the people who have a family member or a friend or a coworker that is going to be an exception to that rule, they know it. Their intuition knows that the, I, I don't set boundaries with this person because I don't believe that they will respect them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm and nervous then I'm about nervous the outcome. Of, the exactly. Outcome. Then yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about the outcome of them not respecting this boundary. What then do I have to do? Do I have to 
separate myself from mm-hmm. this person, cut ties from a relationship yeah. standpoint? Do I have to, you know, look for a new work environment? Whatever. Yeah. Like, there's there's consequences that could come and if some you of those set a boundary and that person doesn't want to abide by it, <laughs> yeah. right? But then the question becomes, what's, what's the, the worst alternative? alternative? Right. Is it you constantly being disrespected by this person or made to feel you know, uncomfortable or you have to bite your tongue or any of those sort of things. And I think this is yet another one of those topics that it carries this touchy feely woo woo bullshit type connotation for a lot of people. Like set your boundaries, man. Like just put this like peace boundary around you and don't let anything negative in. And it's like, well, that's, that's very unrealistic. Sure. There, are, there's light and dark in the world. There's positive and negative in the world, mm-hmm. and the the reality is to sit down and say, like, yes, setting a boundary might result in me losing a friend or loved one from my or diminishing what their yeah. role in my life looks like, or needing to lose my job or shift careers. And oftentimes, you make that sort of monumental change when it's in alignment with you and what you really need and and Mm -hmm. what makes you tick it ends up being better in the long run yeah right and so it's it's not a should or shouldn't it's that you can you can and you get to choose to do it yeah you can choose to set the boundary with the within your personal relationships within your romantic relationships your business relationship you get to choose to do it or not and understand that both of those options come with an outcome they come Mm -hmm. with consequences regardless of which way you go it's not like it's not as though you can sit in the middle and nothing happens one way or the other right right? i'm just gonna stay here yeah not set any boundaries and it's gonna be fine yeah well i think too going back to you know this busyness and how much we've you know elevated being exhausted as this status symbol you know we've also we look at like being the best version of yourself. Like that's a, that's a term or, you know, phrase that's thrown around now. And I think a lot of people think like, well, being the best version of myself means doing a lot and getting to my breaking point and proving to myself and others that like, I can do all these things. Right. And to me, in this culture, at least, right. Because in a culture that doesn't value individualistic pursuit of, money and accomplishment and status right. and power like when, yeah, when we not, don't have yeah. that it's it's not right. and but because we associate right busy and amassing things and titles and you know parties to go to it's not it's not just about consumerism it's just about being wanted externally yeah in some way well, and, shape or form and holding boundaries i think people too like a lot of other things we've talked about like they over exaggerate what that means and what that looks like like it can start really small like my kids are not allowed in the bathroom when I'm taking a shower. Husband or spouse, friend, whatever, like, please I need to please keep them out of the shower. This is my my time, my space, right? Yeah. Or, you know, I, I, my mom, you know, we had a family friend for a long time that would bring my mom wine. And she doesn't like the wine. She lied at one point and said, this wine's delicious. Every <laughs> single time they come over, they bring that wine. And now she, like chokes down this wine in front of it. Like, if at the beginning you just said, I don't, I really, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for thinking of me. I don't love this. Don't worry about bringing it next time you come over. Like, then you wouldn't have this, like, ongoing thing, you know? Like, and it's just a simple boundary. Like, 
I think people think it needs to be this grandiose thing where it's like, yeah. I need to talk to my boss about this serious thing, or I need to do, you know, talk to my mom about this serious thing, right? Where it's just like, you know, you don't like, need, you know, yeah. your sister, your sister's coming over for pizza night tomorrow. She's been trying to eat gluten free. Like, if I don't remember to do that, she should say, hey, do you mind grabbing gluten-free crust? Or I'm going to bring my own pizza. Or, you know, just little things in your life where you're looking at the things you're trying to do for yourself and then just being able to create those boundaries. That's a really great example that you brought up because, again, what you're touching on is that creating a boundary could mean a lot of different things in a lot of different contexts. And it doesn't necessarily, although it could sometimes be, a monumental, massive, like you're constructing a fortress. I, I have to keep this mm-hmm. thing out mm-hmm. or whatever. I have to protect this thing that's within. That might be the case from time to time. However, I would imagine that more often than not, most of the areas where you could see small 1% change that accumulates over time and amasses a lot of momentum for you is going to be in these little places where you can yeah. assert some boundaries. And the, the example with my sister, I think is a beautiful one because let's just say that, 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 you know, you, the listener is in that same scenario where you, for one reason or another, need to avoid gluten and bread products and those sort of things. And you also want to participate in a family event that you're invited to and be there and spend time with people that you love. Those could be kind of conflicting things. Mm-hmm. And I think what ends up happening, and I know if my sister's listening, she'll appreciate this. Uh, she has a tendency not to want to inconvenience mm-hmm. the other person. And it seems noble to do that for many of us. Yeah. And many of us do this. I don't think it's a unique trait oh, that no. she has, right? So it seems in our own mind, like, well, this is the right thing to do. I don't want to be the person who's like, uh, excuse. We have this envision of or this vision of the person who sits down to dinner with everyone is like, uh, is everything on the menu gluten free and non GMO and this and that? They have a fucking laundry list of of checklist items that yeah. they need to have in order for them to eat there. And you're just like, Jesus Christ! I just wanted to go out for a burger with you, Johnny. Like, why do you have to make this so fucking complicated? And I think that we instinctually will envision ourselves as that person Mm -hmm. and obviously that's a character and it's very blown out of proportion yeah right and so coming in and saying hey melissa i've been you know you and i've talked a lot about with my nutrition to stay away from from gluten um and i keep realizing that i keep coming to the house for pizza friday and i keep eating regular pizza with you so i grabbed a couple cauliflower crust ones i hope you don't mind or hey can i do you guys have any whatever you're touching base so simple from our perspective you're not going to answer the phone and be like what the fuck buffy no that's absolutely not there is no cauliflower crust allowed in this house like you know that's not going to be the case and we all laugh in those sort of scenarios we're like oh no of course not the person's not gonna then why don't you do it then you don't do it right and like and so it's and guys I'm yelling at myself as much as anyone else, <laughs> right? I, I, I'm 1,000% guilty of everything that we discuss on this podcast. Yeah. We do. Melissa and I fall victim to it and I think it, periodically it, as well. It also goes back to, we've talked about this before, but making choices that are in alignment with what you want and doing them consistently allows you to gain that trust in yourself. 
Yeah. Right? So starting small with a boundary set, like, can I bring my own food to the barbecue? Or do you, do you mind if I ask if you have anything available? That's a small ask and a small boundary to start with. And then you, if that goes well, hopefully, right? It then helps you kind of build that tolerance and build that confidence in creating bigger boundaries. Absolutely. Right? So if you can have those smaller conversations more often, then you can, you know, move into the, the harder conversation with your mother or with your boss or whoever, where it, it is a bigger wall to bigger something that you're trying to work on. Yeah. Um, the one that carries even, potentially more risk. Yeah. I mean, if, if you ask about the barbecue, about food, and they're like, yeah, whatever, you can bring your stuff. And maybe that person thinks, oh, man, you're, you're weird. Whatever. That's not a huge consequence, Right. 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 As opposed to yeah. putting up a boundary with someone in your life that's, you know, maybe really toxic or yeah. they're overstepped or they're, they're abusive in some way or taking advantage of yeah. you and it's really going to shift the dynamic of that relationship. There's definitely going to be larger consequences at stake in the latter yeah. example than in the former. And yeah. we know that. And so just like anything else that we talk about on here, this becomes creating these boundaries becomes about exercising that that muscle, that muscle yeah. and you move it a little bit at first, right? You don't max out. Right. You don't call every single person on your contact list and give them a list of demands. Yeah, well, and for some of life. these boundaries can be things that you don't even have to communicate to other people. It could be going through your social media, you know, list of people that you follow and just start unfollowing people. Yeah. You know, it could be going through your phone and spring cleaning. Like I have numbers in my phone from like that's like Julie. I'm like. <laughs> I don't know who Julie is. You know, like, there's no last name. It's like, I, I'm like, I haven't texted her in 10 years. I should probably just delete her. And then if she texts me again, I can say, sorry, sorry, who is, who is this, right? <laughs> so, like, there are boundaries that you can set that are just, like, over, you know, creating overwhelm in your life that you don't even need to communicate to other people. And <laughs> I love that you brought that up because that's similar to when we talk about uh creating environment environmental mm -hmm. success right for habit building that's a very similar lane in that it there's not really a it's almost with no consequence i mean maybe there's a a small fraction of that that random person that you haven't talked to in a decade that sends you a text message like, and if that's the consequence of it yeah. it's like wh whatever right. and what it does is it, one it's a great starting point great point of entry two it allows you to start to declutter some things that you probably don't even notice right. are cluttering your life. And that's real easy to do. One of the amazing things about human beings is our ability to adapt, right? It's, it's what's allowed us to thrive for as long as we have. We're not really a, a very functional animal mm -hmm. in, in terms of in nature, right? We're pretty... We're pretty soft. We don't have any claws or teeth or, you know, we're not super powerful or anything like that. Right. Like, and if you're not sure, go volunteer to go work at like a, a military or police dog uh, center and throw one of those vests on. I'll never forget the first time that we did that when I was in the Marine Corps and like watching an 80 pound dog just fucking manhandle man. a 225 pound man, like just yeah. throw him to the ground. Like, so, but what we do have is this this very real and robust ability to adapt to whatever situations we're in. We've certainly challenged that, you know, over the course of history. 
But what ends up happening is there's things that you just stop realizing how much of it is around you, how mm-hmm. much is stored on your phone, how many knickknacks you have in your house. Mm-hmm. And all those things start to like, they just become this low level hum of stress, of mm-hmm. things that you need to spend some degree of mental energy on, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Yeah. And whether that's just cleaning up the knickknacks or just knowing that they're all there, right? Well, yeah. They, th- that... Over, with all the other stimulus in our life, that stuff does start to add up. So doing something like, whether it's a social media cleanse, like you mentioned, or going through your phone, and I've done this as well, and it can be tricky because if you get a new phone, it updates, all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> you have all these old numbers out yeah. there again, which I'm sure someone knows how to do it appropriately. I'm an idiot. So, um, But I've done that too, where I go through, I'm like, oh my God, I have 19 mics on this. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm, no trying to, then I'm trying to figure out who they all are yeah. and, and do the same thing. But it, at the same time, you get rid of it. You're like, oh, man, yeah. there's so many, there's so few Well, and even just looking at pe- people in your life. And you don't even necessarily need to, like, actually come out and communicate it. It could just be, you know, I invite you to less things. Yeah. Right? You know, I had a friend reach out the other day, and she's having a party that's for her. It's all about her. It's a celebration for something in her life. Mm-hmm. And she asked about a specific person. Like, I don't know, I don't really want to invite this person, but I think that they're going to be upset if I don't. I said, this is all about you. Like, if you don't want that person there, don't invite them for that day, right? And they, you know, and the outcome will be what it is, yeah. right? But, like, really just even starting to look at just kind of these silent boundaries that you're creating for yourself and just keeping promises to yourself, for these things, I think is is a powerful that, starting point. And that, so I think we kind of hit the ground running on this conversation, and, and I like that. And I also think we skipped over a few things. So when we look at the term boundaries, how do we actually want to define that? How would you define boundaries? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I think it comes back to like personal values or philosophies or I guess rules. I don't know. I don't love that word, but things you want for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on the situation. Okay. So I don't know. You caught me off guard a little I bit did. there. I stumped you. I apologize. See, so now this, there's I mean, another example of how you guys know this is real and unedited so, and raw. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot when it comes to relationships and the energy exchange that happens in relationships. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that comes with your job and expectations. And, like, you know, I've talked to so many people during this pandemic with, like, being, for lack of a better word, abused or taken advantage of by their employers. Mm-hmm. And whether it's coming directly from their boss or from higher ups from there, like, they're just, I think that. Yeah, I think it depends on where it's coming from. Sure. So I think holding boundaries with yourself, like personal philosophies when it comes to how you move your body, how you sleep, you know, your routine, your daily routines. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, how would you define it? You're like, you me a hard question. Now you get one. So I think, if I'm being honest, I do most of this stuff on the fly. So even the cell membrane statement that I made yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. That that just came to me via our conversations. One of the reasons that I love 
doing this, that I love doing the podcast, I love having conversations in general, yeah. is it's where I tend to do my best thinking. I, I do pretty good completely by myself or really engaged in, yeah. with someone. And when I think about how to define boundaries, I agree that it does shift a bit depending on what area of your life you're creating a boundary. But to me, I think that a boundary presents the ability to keep, to permit in things that feed me and my life mm-hmm. and the things that I that, that nourish my existence, yeah. right? And keep out the things that deter from that. That's it. Yeah. So if I know yeah, nice if I know life. that that my romantic relationships feed me Ships. In, Yeah. <laughs> Speaking for the collective. <laughs> oh boy, you guys just almost heard me get in trouble on here. Um, if I know that within a romantic relationship certain things make me feel good about that relationship, then I'm gonna make sure to open up for those things and be available for those things. Yeah. And I know if there's certain things that I don't like within that sort of relationship, I want to communicate to the other person that, hey, these things, you know, I'm just not a fan of right. or, or they make me right. feel uncomfortable or whatever it might be because now I get to really just enjoy that relationship. We get to put, we get to keep back the stuff that, that eats away at it and that, that mm-hmm. drains your bank account. Yeah. Right. I mean, I know, um, I was just, I was reading a, a an email, a, you know, marketing email, I'm sure, from uh, from Marcus Aubrey earlier today, and he was talking about this, uh, this concept of trying to pursue this higher purpose that him and Jordan Peterson talked about on one of their interviews, mm. and him saying that for himself, his highest purpose that he's personally trying to work toward is to be in an ever ever present state of being with a capital B E. And what he went into talking about is saying, you know, this is actually very difficult for me because I have access to and enjoy the indulgences of life. And I know that every time I go out and, you know, and I party or I do this other thing, that drains my bank account and yeah. it makes me less capable of being in the present moment in that next moment. And I also know that when I don't do those things, right, it, at one point I set it up as a as something that I'm sacrificing rather than investing, mm-hmm. right? And I thought that was an interesting thing because, again, bring it back to like money. I think it's easy yeah. for people to think about if, if your well-being, your feeling of purpose and uh, contentment, happiness, joy in your life, whether that's professionally, personally, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Right. If that thing is a bank account, you can think about all of your interactions as either credits or withdrawals. Mm-hmm. And if you're always withdrawing, eventually the bank account runs low and you go broke. Right. And so, again, there's another analogy for you if you want to look at boundaries in that way. Yeah. It's, it's the border in that in that bank account. And so you look at things like and the thing that's tricky is it can be really sneaky. So not being respectful of boundaries might look like saying yes to every single social engagement that you're invited to, which sounds fun if you get in. But what ends up happening for a lot of people, you and I know this from when we owned uh, the CrossFit affiliate, is one, if you are the center of these social engagements, 
you feel an inclination to put them on more frequently. And they feel more like work. Yes. Mm -hmm. Two, the more you get invited or invite others to social engagements, the more subsequent invitations come. Right, it's kind of it's similar to the idea of amassing wealth. It's mm-hmm. easier to get wealthy if you're yeah. already wealthy, right? Because you're already you're in those spheres, you're in those places. So it becomes this thing that can it can grow out of control. And it sounds kind of like a oh woe is me. You get invited to too many parties, but that's a real thing. You you start stringing yourself along so much that you're running from work to this engagement, to back home, you're up all night, you crash, you get up, and now your your right. life just becomes this like vicious cycle of being busy. Right. Even though those things are fun and enjoyable in and of themselves. So there, there is a bit of looking at it and saying like, do I create a boundary here and say, no, I really appreciate the invite. I, I'm not going to make tonight. it at this point. Right. And do so without lying. Right, without that's lying, the trick. Without, without being, being like grandma's sick well, or the I'm, dog's dog is pooping all over the house, I can't make it. Right. Like you come up with you know, some fucking think, weird excuse. I think too that a lot of people think that saying no, it, it, I, I means you won't be invited again. Potentially, but understanding that like no is a complete sentence. Like you can follow up, so you're not rude and not just be like no. But like <laughs> you know, there shouldn't you don't need to explain yourself. Like, you should just say, be able to say respectfully, no, thank you, not tonight. Or, I'm not going to make it to the party tonight. I appreciate the invite. You don't need to say, because my dog's pooping on the rug. Or, because my kid is sick. Or, because you don't need to make up these things. You can just say, I've been invited to a lot of parties lately, and I'm just looking forward to some alone time. I appreciate the invite. Yeah. Not today. Right? And being able to just really kind of communicate those boundaries. Well, I think you Um, just touched on something there that... The difference between communicating the real reason or desire for mm-hmm. attending or not attending something mm-hmm. or, or obliging someone in some way versus some story that you're making up. And right. we can all feel when we say something like, well, this isn't really like 100% true. Like, I feel kind of sick. And you're like, I, mean, I guess I don't feel I'm great. Always, like, I'm right, so like, like into karma, too, that I'm like, well, fuck, I don't feel sick. But if I lie about it, then I'm probably going to start <laughs> feeling sick. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My point is, is that we have an intuition ourselves when we're saying something that feels at least a little bit bullshit, right? Sure. Like, you know, sure. um, or maybe complete bullshit. The other person receiving that communication, they feel it too. Right. And so when you say something... Like, I'd rather, like you, just, you, just I'd rather you just say, you know, been, I'm, I'm not feeling like being in front of a million people tonight. I'm just going to hang low at home. Like, Okay. okay. Like, don't tell me, yeah, don't, don't lie. That carries, say, I'm, you know, I'm not looking at that. have to call my grandmother. Yeah, I'm not looking at that, and yeah, I gotta wash my hair. Um, I'm not looking at that as something that I would even feel compelled to challenge. Yeah. Right? Right. You know what I mean? Whereas many other times, you and I know, we'll, we'll ask people to go do something or whatever, and they'll give us a reason not to, and it's fine, it's a plausible yeah. reason, but it, there's something about it that feel. I'm like, couldn't you just do this instead and they could yeah and you know they could so like mentally even if i don't say anything i'm pushing back on what they said versus if that person if it felt like that was the real reason like if it, and mm-hmm. there's a, there's obviously there's a subtlety there or right. if they just came out with their real reason which might just be i'm tired 
I've had a long couple of days, right. and I, I appreciate you inviting me, but I'm I'm not gonna make it this Next time. Next time, right? Right. That now I'm like, okay, and well, I move on. And if on, more of mentally. us just did that, then we would start to recognize that in each other, and you would be more comfortable saying that to me if I've already said it to yes. you. Right? 100%. Like, if you're like, oh, you know, I invited Chad to that barbecue last week, and he just said, like, came out and just said no without an excuse, maybe if there's something he asked me to do, and I really don't want to do it, I can find a respectful way to say that. Yeah. You know, and not feel bad about it. Yeah. 100%. You, you, you set the tone for the people in your circle. So, yeah. what ends up happening, again, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, like many things, if everyone is just always obliging everyone's invitations, then you start to get these groups, and you and I have been around a handful of people from time to time that are like this, where they all kind of come together and just like bitch about their life. Yeah. Like they're not actually happy when they're hanging out, and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. You, you know, I'm just gonna, yeah. And and I've been I've been one of those people having that conversation, yeah. complaining about shit because you're just you need you don't even recognize that you need a little bit of time to yourself and you needed to create some space and that's it I would I would add that to my definition of, of boundaries is my ability to create the space necessary to do or not do right what I need to yeah and I think a big thing that people should recognize and be aware of is that boundaries can change Right? So, like, it's and not like... they likely once, will. Not just yeah. can. As yeah, you grow should, yeah. and your life changes, yeah. they will. And and boundaries with the same person are going to look different in different scenarios. So, maybe, like, hey, mom, I'm okay with you drinking a bottle of wine, you know, in front of Chad and I. But if you could slow your drinking down in front of the girls, that'd be great. Yeah. Or, you know... Yeah, I, Gaga, quick it all drunk <laughs> in front of your grandchildren. No, that was a, that was a <laughs> random example. Oh, my God. I feel like that was, like, a deep-seated thing. No, 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 no. Just kidding. No. But, like, you know, or, you I know... I know what you're saying. I understand, like, we can, you know, you know, talk shit and, you know, curse and use certain words in certain scenarios. But, you know, when you're in a professional setting or, like, you know, in front of my kids or whatever, like, if you could not do that, that'd be great. So, like, being able to have those conversations and saying to someone, like... I'm okay with you acting this way or doing these things here, but not here. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think differenti differentiating between those different scenarios and what that looks like. So, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, as we look at defining, defi or boundaries rather, defining definitions, <laughs> next question for you. <laughs> uh, so, we define our, our boundaries. I think much like Many of the topics that we talk about on here, the first thing that someone needs, the first step they need to take is some awareness around yeah. what are your boundaries. You have to notice that. Yeah. And you can't expect someone else to respect your boundaries if you haven't even defined what they are for yourself. Yeah. You know, and absolutely. that might be that might be as simple as just setting up a schedule. Yeah. Creating some Whether it's routines. a weekly schedule yeah. or at the end of each evening, and like so, you have a you have a plan for the day, and you know, okay, this during this time, I'm gonna be at the gym. So, don't expect me to answer the phone call if if you call me, yeah. or, or the email, or whatever from work, or hey, honey, don't know, I can't pick the kids up because you know I'm going to whatever. I'm gonna go for a jog after work, or I'm gonna go to the, to right. the gym and do this class, or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. right? So you're starting to define those those times and spaces, and we had. It's it's awareness is, is how you do that first is where do I need these boundaries mm -hmm. and where can I apply them? And then yeah. an easy way is just like write them down, 
Write down what your day needs to look like yeah. and look at within... The, and make sure you're communicating them to other people. Yes. And then the second step is holding those boundaries. So once you have these boundaries, like if you don't consistently hold them, then people are going to think they're not true or yeah. that they're not, you know, that it's something that they can persuade you not to do. You're wishy-washy. Right? You're yeah. not, yeah, you're yeah. not so really... So if you say, I'm going to go for a run after work, no, you pick up the kids every day. And that's an agreement that we've come upon. And then I'm like, hey, you know, so-and-so called. Can I go grab coffee with them? And you're like, sure, I won't go on my run today. Well, I'll be like, well, then now I know. Anytime if, someone you know, wants to get coffee. Or, you know, if, if I don't feel like it that day or I have something else come up, Chad will adjust his schedule. That boundary's not solid. It's not. Yeah, right? it's, it's very wavery. And not. And let's be clear, not every boundary needs to be super solid. No. It doesn't need no. to be. And I don't. I, I want to make sure that, that we're clear on this, too. You're not suggesting to be so rigid as to not ever waver on these things. Yeah. So if, if using that example, oh, you go, you know, I go running every day after work, so you need to pick the kids up. If you call and say, I had, you know, I got a flat tire or I had this thing, like, well, there's nope, figure it out. Yeah, I'm going running. Figure the fuck out. I'm not answering <laughs> my phone. Like, well, that's a pretty asshole thing to do. Right. Like, that's where you need to understand how important are these boundaries. How do these boundaries impact you and the other people mm -hmm. around you? Yeah. And to what degree are you willing to bend or flex or, or even break right. these boundaries? Because they all will. And sure. There, there's going to be a scenario where they will, something will have to give from time to time. Nothing is, nothing is infinite, right? It's just not, mm -hmm. right? It, it, other than change and growth and evolution. It's always changing. Your life's going to change. Those yeah. boundaries are going to change. The scenarios that you're in are going to change. So you have to be able to understand that. And some are going to be a lot more rigid than others, mm -hmm. you know? And some are going to be pretty damn flexible. And that's yeah. and, and you can convey that in the way that you communicate with people. Hey, I really like to get up and, you know, go for a walk in the morning. But I also don't need to. I just yeah. if you're around, I will. Right. Like now you're telling the other person, okay, if you're if you're here, if it's a spousal relationship, we'll we'll go with that. If you're if we're both here, I'm gonna go for a walk in the morning. But if you gotta yeah. get up and go, I mean, like, I'm gonna push back on that a little bit too, and just make sure that in that awareness piece, like something that example, making sure that you're not being casual about it and really feeling something different. So yes. like then don't make sure that like you're not building this resentment for me because it's not happening yes. as often as you want, even though you communicated it in a casual, like, if it happens, Correct. it happens kind of way. Correct. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, and, and that is was exactly my point. Like, it, if you want it in a casual way, communicate it in a casual right. way. Also, to your point, be okay with redefining it. Right. So maybe in your mind, you're like, I really did think this was just like a casual thing. I just figured... You know, when it yeah. when it was available to me, I'd take that opportunity. And when it's not, I, I won't. Yeah. But I started to realize that it's not available to me very much. If I don't, so if I, yeah. Here's what I'd like. I'd like at least two days or three days or whatever a week to be able to do this thing. Right. You know, can you give me that? Cool. It, again, communication, awareness of what, yeah. what you need and that you're not just doing something to oblige someone else like is it filling your cup is it filling your bank account right. because the more you do that the better you can do everything else so again this comes back to the idea i think you touched on it before with boundaries saying that it's not a negative thing and it's not something that's going to restrict your ability to contribute to a relationship it to the workforce be, yeah. to parenting to whatever to right. your community 
It shouldn't be a restriction at all. It's just, it puts bumpers on the lane. So it keeps you going in the direction mm-hmm. that you want to go on. Yeah. Right? And, and rather than saying you can get so scattered because you're being pulled by, especially the older you get, you're being pulled by all these different responsibilities. If you're a parent and maybe you coach on your kid's soccer team and you're on the PTA and you work and you do like you're doing all these things, it's real easy and you're in these various social yeah. circles, like it's real easy to just get pulled into those directions yeah. every minute of your day and not actually think about do I, one, is this something that I really enjoy and want to do? Do I feel purposeful and meaningful? Mm-hmm. And I want to be sure to define when I say I enjoy this, it doesn't mean it's always pleasant. It means it's important to me. Right. And it, it's valuable for my time. And overall, it makes me feel better. Right? right. You know, sitting in an ice cold bath is not super pleasant, although I do find uh, many moments that, that I feel pretty relaxed. Um, but I understand that there's value for it right. for me in the long term. And so I want to make sure that we're not conflating those two. Like joy does not always mean that you're just like, it's only quote unquote good, right? So you look at those things and you say, are they, are they actually doing it? But if you're so busy that you don't have the space to even evaluate it, right. then where do you start? Because you, if you can't understand what the boundaries are that you need in your life, there's no fucking way that anyone around you will. Yep. Right? And we had a little example of that this morning. It was part of what um, prompted us to touch on this topic today versus other ones that we had on our our agenda. You know, I went to a local park and I was walking. It was a a nice, beautiful, sunny morning. So I decided to get outside and walk for a little bit. I um, hurt myself yesterday uh, (laughs) flipping on our trampoline. So activity is going to be a little bit limited for me. And I was like, let's go outside and walk around and get some, get some movement, get some sunshine on my skin. And while I was doing that, I decided to sit down and do a meditation in this park. And I decided to do a longer meditation, one that's, you know, 40 or 45 minutes long. And you didn't know that. I didn't say anything to you about that I was doing it. It's not a, it's atypical. It's not like part of my regular daily routine. And uh, consequentially, you called probably 10 minutes or so before I was done. And, you know, I had ear my earbuds in and stuff. So it completely ended and uh, disrupted the, the meditation. And we were talking about it. And you and you were like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't really have anything to be, apo- to be apologetic for. And I genuinely was not upset about it because you and I under- have come to understand how to communicate boundaries within our relationship right. and I'm like how could you have known right. <laughs> I didn't even know that I was going to do this right so you certainly couldn't have known because not only did I not tell you but it wasn't even a plan in my own mind it right. was just something that I did so in I think that's helpful as you start to understand boundaries as a tool and what they can be used for you also understand when you don't set them now you're less pissed off at someone who didn't respect it after you didn't tell them what to respect. How the fuck could they know right. if you didn't say anything? But if you never, ever, ever set boundaries, then periodically... Your whole life feels like that. Yeah, yeah your whole life feels a lot of times. Periodically, people will still respect your boundaries that you haven't set with them. Yeah. Right? Just because that's chance. Right? It, it right. will happen. And what ends up happening with that is now we perceive that the people who are not just stumbling into 
respecting our boundaries are being disrespectful. Being disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. You just haven't told anyone. And some people naturally will just not overstep that boundary for one reason or another. And other people won't. Mm-hmm. But it's not because the first group is overly respectful of you and the second group is not. Right. right? It's it's just mm-hmm. odds. It's yeah. just luck. Yeah. Right? Um, so we defined boundaries. Let's talk about, and we defined, we talked about needing to create awareness around where you need boundaries. And part of that is you need to create some semblance of scheduling or space in your day, mm-hmm. right? And yep. so that would be a great first step for a lot of people is if you're really just totally lost on where to start and you don't know where your day goes, there's a ton of different apps out there. Mm-hmm. I've used one called A Tracker uh, in the past where you can just put in a bunch of stuff. You plug in a whole bunch of things that you would typically do in a day. So if you, know, you put gym in as a category, commute to work, uh, work, whatever. You have yeah. all these things you can put in there. And then you just hit a little thing on your home screen and it'll time it throughout the week and it'll it'll get all of the, all the data for you. It'll com- compile mm-hmm. it all and it'll let you know, hey, you know, 30, 32% of your time, you're whatever, dry, you're commuting. Yeah. Right? I know that was when the time that I used it, it was because yeah. we took a job out at RIT and I, I looked at him like, Jesus Christ, like we're doing this part-time adjunct teaching job and it was literally eating up 35 to 38 hours of my week between preparing commuting and actually executing teaching, yeah. the classes mm-hmm. it was just it, the way the schedule was set up like and so it was a really valuable tool because prior to putting that down and seeing i didn't i knew that it was taking up a lot of time but i didn't understand really like how much and mm-hmm. i think it's really easy to get there mm-hmm. if you are the aforementioned busy person that's running around everywhere it's really easy to say like well i don't spend that much time you know so bring some awareness to those things and the first step might just be writing out your schedule tracking it for a week just auditing everything just audit your schedule for a week don't try and change anything and then when you look at it where could i squeeze a little bit of space in to just create a a boundary in terms of time for myself and And then from there you can start to build and even just using that language like to me makes it sound like it's not something you want to be doing. What? So where can I squeeze it in? Yeah. yeah. So looking at like, where can I change what I'm doing to prioritize yeah. some time for this? Language, for baby. For, Language. Yeah. Where can I shift? Yeah. Where can I shift what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis to create a little bit of space for me? And it, I think you mentioned it before. It can start with something as simple as that. You bring the awareness to what you're doing now. And then you start to bring awareness to what you need. Well, yeah. And just looking looking at like what you want from your life and where you're at. And if you're not, if those aren't the same, right? Understanding that you're going to have to change to get there, right? You can't mm. keep doing what you're doing if you're not currently fulfilled or satisfied or happy with where you're at. Yeah. Right? If those things were working, you'd be there, right? So exactly what you're saying, starting with that awareness, doing that audit, and then understanding what needs to change so that you can get to that point. Yeah. Well, I think even understanding that there is no point of arrival, right? Because as you get to whatever this this future self that you declared you want to become, as you get closer and closer to that, that person's now going to create a further target for you to continue yep. to work toward. And it may not be as 
monumental a change, but there is change that's going to happen. So you start to wrap your head around the fact that this is an ongoing process, much like fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot of people that we, over the years, we've had a lot of people come through the doors in, whether it was in the gyms we owned or worked at, talking about, well, I got a wedding or I got a thing, I got a reunion, I got to look good. Well, what the fuck happens the day after the reunion? Yeah. You don't care anymore? Like your health that. doesn't matter? <laughs> I love that Jim Gaffigan skit where he's like, I walked into the gym, that guy with like zero body fat, and he's like, what are you doing here? You're done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and yeah, they're, they're, you know. But it's it's indicative of the way we think. Like, it's yeah. not it's not a destination. This, and yeah. if we can wrap our head around really everything, but it, including setting boundaries as part of our evolution, it's part of the change that will happen, those boundaries will shift and adapt over time just based on what we need, the things we learn about ourselves, the way that our lives change. We start having kids or you move or, you know, a family member becomes ill and there's all, there's a million variables that could come into your life that will result in you needing to shift these yeah, different seasons in life definitely present different things if you're a single person alone in an apartment there's probably less boundaries than you need maybe <laughs> depending yeah that's I don't, true that's not necessarily true yeah. they're just different they're, yeah they're different right yeah. they're, they're different boundaries and the temptations are different right it's a lot easier for you and i to say no to going out to a night drinking now because we have plausible reasons two of them at home <laughs> to not go do that right, right. we have we have child, small children and us going out for the evening requires child care and also an understanding that this is out of our routine so if we're up late even if we're not getting wild we're just up late and have a couple of drinks the next day is not pleasant so we're we're in mm-hmm. we're taken out of that bank account for day two right right and it's not to say that we never do that, but our ability to turn that invite down is far easier now than it was when we were 25. Right. Right? Like, at that point, it's like, yeah, whatever, fuck it, let's go out. Right? It, and maybe that was the right answer, or maybe we should have drawn a boundary then, too. Right? True. So I would, I would argue that at each stage of your life, you probably have infinite boundaries that could possibly be, be put into your day. Yeah. And the the challenges and the ease with which you can put those boundaries in they're going to change depending on where you're at and and how your priorities have yeah. shifted over life over the course of your life um so then we've gotten the awareness we've talked about setting up take a just take a, a hard look at your day-to-day at your schedule write it out see mm-hmm. what it looks like audit it yeah. right that's a tangible thing that you can look at and then start to create some space within there uh, as we move forward from that, we look at ways to actually maintain our boundaries. Let's talk about some concrete examples because I love these conversations. It gets my head going. Yeah. But a lot of times I think that it's helpful. I know as, as a listener, when I'm listening to something, I'm, I like hearing more of an anecdote or a, an example of what we mean. So now we're getting to the point where we've created some awareness mm-hmm. around what boundaries we need, what's going to help us at this point. How do we start to actually create and sustain and maintain those boundaries yeah. with ourselves and with other people? I'm, I'm very visual. So I think using something like a tracker or a whiteboard or a, you know, I like to write to-do lists or calendars mm-hmm. out. So like, 
writing out your routines, tracking them, what those expectations are. Um, they're just, that visual is just a consistent reminder, yeah. I think, for people. Um, and that, I think, sounds like, to me, uh, I know I just interrupted you. Hopefully you can hold that. To me, that sounds like you're starting with personal boundary setting. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think which is a really good place to start because, like set, I said, the out. more comfortable you are and consistent you are, you've proven to yourself that you can hold these boundaries consistently, then you're more confident saying to another person, sure. I need to hold this boundary with you. Correct. Um, and it's, it's, so I you're think, working from, yeah, yeah, you're working from from within. You're working from the center yeah. out. You're starting with you. You know, yeah. Value your own time, value your own needs, create those boundaries for yourself, and then build trust with yourself by consistently yeah. doing them, and it becomes easier to create boundaries for external forces that yeah. are coming in. Um, I think there's ways to have um, things like stop or shut off. So if you're setting a boundary with your social media use or apps on your phone or just being on screens later at night, like having your phone kind of shut down and putting those reminders, those like bedtime reminders on, I think is a good thing. Um, I think we, I've talked to a ton of people about, you know, especially now working from home mm. and setting boundaries between work and home life. So looking at like creating a space that's not your kitchen table to do your work where you can shut your computer at five o'clock when you're done, close your office door and that's it, yeah. right? Now that's a, that's a very physical visual of work happens here, home happens here, yeah. right? And I think that's been a big, the biggest struggle for people moving from office to home is that there's this, past year, yeah. it's just this consistent. And then again, like, you know, if your boss, if you say, I'm, I work until five o'clock, you send me an email at 520, I'm not answering it till the next morning, right? But if you go in and you answer it, that's chipping away at that, you know, the, the stability and the structure of that that boundary, yeah. right? So then your boss is like, oh, Chad answered that email at 517. I can see, I well, can keep sending him and he'll just sit at his desk. And I would you know, take that he'll, even a he'll step. He'll come back, you know? I would even take that a step further. Not only is the other person that you're trying to set this boundary with looking at it and saying, yeah, it doesn't mean saying, as much as you think it does to I don't yourself. need to respect it. You're also saying, yeah. well, I should probably check my email again after five because I've checked my email after five before and I've already set this precedent. So and, yeah, and, it, now, and now you start to before, eat right? away at your own it, right. within your, yourself. Yeah. So if you, it goes back to the center out principle of if you haven't put your own shit in order, if you haven't set your own boundaries and you can't maintain mm -hmm. them for yourself, it becomes much more difficult to hold other yeah. people accountable to a boundary that you're not holding yourself yeah. accountable to. Um, I think boundaries with um, like food or alcohol or something, like not keeping those things readily available, not at like, you know, if you have, you know, you're trying not to drink and you know, don't have you a have refrigerator a party, stock you, you don't have beer. A, yeah, to ask people if they come to your house, please don't, don't bring anything or if Take you're going to bring it, bring it back home with yep. you. Yeah, you know, whatever that, that looks like. Um, you know, I think those are some examples. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are great ones because let's think about things that people tend to struggle with, right? It's work-related is a big one, like you pointed out, especially this last yeah. year with more and more people working from home, right? So maybe you don't have an office. Maybe you just you have a small apartment. You don't have a separate room to have your office in. So you have a workspace, a space that's dedicated for work. And when you're done with work, you close it down. Right, so there's there's things like physically mm -hmm. within there, and then obviously you you talked about 
communicating with your coworkers, whether it's a boss or anyone else, doesn't matter. Right. Hey, this is, you know, the day ends here. Right. And I think a lot of people in those scenarios, at least a number of the people that we've talked to in the last year, they have this, um, this, this fear of not wanting to rock the boat mm-hmm. out of concern that they'll be, you know, let go or they'll be put yeah. on a chopping block and I they'll mean, be fired. But here's something really important to keep in mind. Hiring competent employees is insanely difficult and expensive. So if you know, and this is the thing that, that catches me with a lot of people because they'll say, I'm, I'm really great at my job and my boundaries are just non-existent there. They're, they're trampled on. If the former is true, then you have the ultimate power to take care of the latter. If you are really, right if way, you yeah. are really good at your mm-hmm. job, yeah, you can one hundred percent start to set boundaries. Even if, even if you are in that that employment position and it's boundaryless at this point, yeah. right? If you're really good, the person who hired you, the people you work with, they know it. You yeah. have some power. It's this idea that you are powerless in that position and you're at the whim of being let go. Mm-hmm. If you're a shitty employee, make sure that you come to come to Jesus with that one, right? Are you really invaluable? Are you really an employee that is a good employee? You're reliable. You know your shit. You do your job. If that's yeah. the case, you have a lot more power in on your side mm-hmm. to make some change than you think. So start setting those boundaries. Right. And as you pointed out, don't walk in and motherfuck everyone in the office and be like, don't ever call me again after that. As a 501, you call me, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, don't do something crazy. No, probably not. Right? But you can start to set those those boundaries and yeah. say, you know, my family time is really important to me. And this last year, going from a 40-hour work week in the office to a 70-hour work week at home, I, I'm burnt out. And I'm not doing as good of a job. I need to have focused time when I'm here and not be, and I, and focus time when I'm not here. Right. I need to be able to focus on yeah. my family, myself, my hobbies, my pastimes, relaxation, whatever. Right. When I'm not here, not half in, half out, which is where a lot of people found themselves answering, you know, emails and jumping on conference calls on a Sunday at, at 2 p.m. <sighs> yeah. Sort of I thing. mean, I had teachers that were like, yeah, I'm on the phone with my principal at nine o'clock at night. I'm like, if you were in school, is that something that would be available? And they're like, no. Then why? Why? Why is that something you're allowing now? You know? And don't get me wrong. Again, and there's there were, room to be flexible with these things. And there were circumstances that were, you know, immediate and... Sure. Know, but... And there, but that goes back to there's room to be flexible, to bend, not break with some of these mm-hmm. things, and understand that, unfortunately, human beings, once we're... We, we have a tendency that once we are given some rope, that we hold it. Right, so that if you are taking those late night calls and you're working seven days a week and you're mm-hmm. extending your hours that more than you normally would at the beginning of this uh, of the lockdown and everything be out of necessity because it was kind of a scramble and everyone's trying to figure their shit out. At a certain point, you know when when it seems silly, like we don't have to do it this way anymore. We're right. pretty established, but if you don't say anything, it'll stay that way. It's the concern that a lot of people have surrounding this pandemic in general is that once power is given up to whomever about whatever, then they, you run the risk of 
needing to fight to get it back the longer it's held. And so I think that's a really important thing to consider when you're looking at your professional relationships, you know, um, and you start to set those boundaries. When we get into considering, you know, personal relationships, it may just be as, as simple as having conversations with people, um, really paying attention to how you're feeling day to day. We had a great conversation with some clients regarding like various digital trackers for health, different health monitors, Fitbits and whoops and aura rings and all this other stuff. Right? And I think those things can be valuable tools. And perhaps that's something that you look at, man, I'm going to a ton of barbecues and, and after work functions and stuff for my kids and this, that, and the other thing. And my sleep has just been in the toilet and I'm feeling really run down and drained. And Perhaps having that data from something like a Fitbit or a Whoop strap or something, maybe that's helpful for you to, to recognize and wrap your head around how this stuff is impacting you to allow you a rationale to start creating boundaries with your friends and with your family. Hey, I'm not going to go to this thing. I'm not going to do this thing. Yeah. And, and again, it goes back to just start practicing small. Turn down that, that impromptu coffee invite. I, yeah. I randomly invite people. Our schedule is odd. I randomly invite people to, you know, breakfast or coffee or lunch just out of the blue because I was thinking about them and I'm right. like, I have a couple hours. I don't have anything slotted in right now. I can go do that. All, I, would, I wouldn't say almost all the time. A large, a very large percent of the time, whoever I ask is like, no, I can't do that. I'm at work or I'm doing, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, or they just don't answer me. Yeah. I'm not upset by that. They have a, And that's an easy boundary for them to maintain, right? So when you're on the opposite side of that, when you're the person getting, I, I hope anyone that I send messages to like that, if you're getting that text message to come meet me for breakfast and you can't do it, please don't feel bad. Or not even that you can't, but you don't want to, you for one reason or another. You're right. It, don't feel bad about that. I'm just reaching out because I thought about you and I thought it would be nice to see you and I had a little bit of space in my day. Right. And if you can be there, awesome. And if you can't, that's cool too. And a lot of times, like we mentioned before, we have people will have a tendency to oblige and attend something because they don't want to feel like they're letting someone down or that they're not going to be invited next time right. or whatever right. whatever the story is you're telling yourself. But more often than not, if you put yourself in the other person's position, would you be upset about right. that person saying no to your invite? Well, and even if you say yes initially and then you get to that day, I mean, how many times have we gotten to that day and like our kids didn't sleep the night before or we really don't feel great or, you know, something's happening like, you know, sure. you know, a few times where we just called two hours before and been like, we're really sorry, but... Yeah, we're not. Think about. You know? I know we're we're getting together with our friends Mike and Sarah next week, and there was a, a stretch of time where we were going to get together, and something happened. The first, I think they had a, like a COVID exposure at work or something like that. The first time, and then the second time, there was some other thing that got thrown into the mix mm -hmm. that, that mixed it up, and then the third time, it legitimately. I just looked at you and I just said. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> I've like not slept well. Yeah. And they were going to come to our house and the plan was going to be they were going to come over after bedtime with the girls, which is not until like 730 at night. And I love spending time with them. 
so we end up having great conversations and inevitably we're up much later than we normally would be we're up until 11 or midnight sometimes and now if i'm already exhausted going into that that means the next day is just going to be dog shit for me so that third time we rescheduled again because chad was tired and and, but but that was a real reason Right. And it's, it wasn't a, I don't want to hang out with you and you bore me. It's quite the opposite. It was, I love hanging out with you guys. I love having conversations with you guys. And I know that means I'm going to be up late. Yeah. And I'm going to be even more tired. I'd rather yeah. be well rested and hang out with you and have a great discussion and feel yeah. good about the whole thing. Right? Yeah. Um, I think some other examples too, I'm just trying to think like personally from our life, like where we've started to set some boundaries is like we're trying to accumulate less things. So we've talked to, and you know, kid stuff just can overpower, right? The amount Very of, of children things that can come into your home. So we've had conversations with family members and even friends. Like, you know, we just got a trampoline for Aubrey for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a bigger purchase. If you'd like to give Aubrey a birthday present, donate to the trampoline Contribute fund, right? right? Or donate to the playground fund or buy us a, a you know, trip to the zoo or what doing things or bigger purchases that um more people can contribute to Mm -hmm. i think and being able to communicate those things to people and saying like i don't need another coloring book or a random barbie or another item of clothing like we we have so much of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and we're trying to like you know looking and and being able to communicate around birthdays christmas you know gifts and things like that i think that's a huge one because there's there's what ends up happening for a lot of people, and I know that, that I felt this way for a long time, and we have friends that have expressed feeling this way, that you know it's important for the other person to contribute. It's to important to them. They yeah. want they want to do something. They want to right. express right. you know their love for your kid or for you or for whatever. And you need to understand, you know, that person gives you whatever it is, the gift. Let's use the... Uh, you know, the stereotypical, like, the mom gift, the, the gift from a parent that's where you're like, thanks, I really didn't want this. In the back of your mind. Like, from like, your own mom? Yeah, yeah. Right, you get the gift from your parents or whoever, and it was like, they're like, oh, we, th- we saw this and we thought you'd love it. Like, I, I'm thinking about that armadillo wine holder that your mom had for a while. <laughs> like, whoever got it for her, and then she gave it to, like, pass it off to us for, as, like, a joke or something, you know, yeah, they become they become the white elephant. Which gift. is fine, and there's and there's fun in that, right? But but if that person is always presenting you with this gift, and you're always saying, "Oh, thank you," yeah, and pretending like you love it, you know, we have our, our friend Kyle talks about like needing to bring a particular thing out all the time, like if his <laughs> mom is there. Yeah, like yeah. So those sort of things, it's like, what are you doing? You're adding a stressor yeah, to your life just... when you could have just said, "Hey," like we said, we don't. It's, yeah. it's, we've had birthday parties with the girls where we didn't do that, where we didn't say right. that, and they just end up with a mountain of extra shit. And then they're overstimulated. They're not using half of it. It's just a mess. It gets broken. And we were agitated by it because we're like, Jesus, look at all this shit we have to organize now. Right. You know? But we never said anything. Right. We just said, oh, they like this, this, and this. And then we let people go do what you know, what they felt compelled to do. And it was generous. It's not... Yeah. It doesn't have to come from a place like oh, if you're not buying my daughter a trampoline, go fuck off. It comes from a place of... Well, I'm like, you know... This is what's important to us and our family and what we're trying yeah, to provide whenever, for our girls. Yeah, and if you would have spent $15 or $50 on my daughter... 
Doesn't matter. Put that towards a trampoline. Yeah. Instead of all another thing. I mean, even as adults, like, you know, the past few years, you know, if I want a face, I've, you know, to replenish my face lotion that I use, I just buy it. Right? Instead of, like, saving up for, like, yeah. well, I'll just ask for it for Christmas. And it just becomes something where, like, you're digging for random things for people to get you or your family or your parents to get you. You know, we've had my parents buy us plane tickets, you know, two years ago when we went to California. I don't want a gift under the tree. I'm 36 years old. I'll, I understand that, like, it's okay if I don't open anything on yeah. Christmas morning. We're going to California. It was only about right. a year and a half ago. We brought COVID back, remember? I'm just kidding. It was um, a year and a half ago. You're right. <laughs> um, the, yeah, it, that's a great point. And the gift thing is huge because I think that's another, that's a really common thing, especially if you're a parent. It's really common. Or just random just... things. Like, you know, I've had clients talk about, like, we're really trying to keep healthy food and, and you know, have our kids eat, in a, eat a certain way at home. And then they go to grandma's house and they eat like shit. Or every time grandma comes over, she brings a bag of candy, you know, and it like just having those conversations. Yeah. So like you said, it's not an uncomfortable, like, Oh God, here we go. Grandma's going to bring all the, you know, leftover Halloween candy. And then yeah. we have to have this conversation with our kids, you know, and, I think, and it's confusing. It's confusing for little people, especially. Sure. You know? And I think in those scenarios, it's, it can be helpful to think about. So you and I have thought about this in both ways. Uh, there was a point in time when we still had a relationship with my mom where we looked at it as just deal with it mm -hmm. for this day. She's got to get through a day or two or whatever the, the right. thing was, right? She's going to bring a bunch of random crazy shit that we've asked her not to bring for the girls or, or whatever. Or maybe at that point we hadn't asked her, but we looked at it as like, just get through this day. Right. And never addressing the totality of days, like what's to come. So rather than saying if you're, you know, your in-laws or whomever, like I like the example of the food because that's a tough one, right? Grandma and grandpa like to spoil grandkids uh, if they see them frequently every week, once or twice a week, three times a week, and every single time they're doing something that's out of alignment with what you're trying to do mm -hmm. for your kids, we'll, we'll speak nutritionally because that's, I would imagine, a pretty relatable thing for any parents that are out there. Um, and every single time they're doing that and you're just looking at it like, oh, it's just, you know, they only see grandma and grandpa on Tuesdays. So, like, yeah, Tuesdays for the next 18 years. <laughs> Right, like so. Now you're talking. Now you're talking about you know what is that nine hundred almost a thousand interactions. Right. That you're going to presumably get more and more irritated by as time as time goes right. by. Right. Versus a singular, maybe a handful of uncomfortable, slightly uncomfortable, depending on your relationship saying, conversations. Yeah. They could be. They can be uncomfortable yeah. because the other piece of this is you have to remember from the gift giver, right? Whether it's the grandparent giving the, the candy to mm. the kids or the person, you know, giving you a gift or giving your kids a gift or whatever. There's a part of that that's important to them. Like, and that's an right. ego thing. And that's something that you can turn back on yourself and say, why do I feel that compelled to need to get a, my own separate gift for this person rather than contribute to a larger right. gift. Oh, is it because I need recognition? Like, look what I did for you. Right. I'm. Oh, I gave a hundred to that 
Johnny only gave 10 bucks, that cheap fuck. <laughs> like, you know, there's, and that's, you need to get over that right. for yourself. But there is an under, you also have to understand when you're on the other side and you're asking that person to stop with the treats or to stop with the, the gifts every time they show up to your house for your kids or, or whatever, the knickknacks, hey, I came to your apartment again. You know, when the, your parents are coming over to visit, <laughs> they bring you something something else to like fill your apartment with. Yeah. You got to understand that when you ask them, when you start to set that boundary, it is probably going to upset them a little bit to yeah. some degree because for them, that act signifies them showing you love. It signifies them having importance in your life, um, yeah. you, them letting you know that they were thinking about you in a tangible item that they yeah. brought to you. Well, I think like having conversations about, I was just thinking randomly about like, you going on vacation and getting things for people. Like, how weird that concept is. Like, <laughs> I brought you this magnet from Aruba. You weren't there, but I bought it at the airport on the way home. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, being able to do that in a different way. Sure. Like, I would love you to still come over, you know, grandma, and play with the kids, but we're not going to eat together. Or, you know, we're going to do pizza Fridays, or we have dessert Saturday nights during the summer and please bring your ice cream that night. You know, putting some boundaries around the thing. Find ways to meet everyone's needs. And and it's not to say, that was a great example with the the traveling. And all of these things, it's not to say that bringing back a knick-knack from your travels is the wrong answer. It's when you feel no, compelled but, but to can, have to do it, regardless of whether the person wants it or not. But it can be something that's more not. meaningful too. So, like saying, like I really appreciate that you're, you know, thinking about me while you're on your trip. You know, I love rum, and you know, wherever you're going has great rum. Can you bring me back some rum? Sure. Or, you know, I love sunsets. Can you take a picture of an awesome sunset, put it in a frame for me while you're at in Aruba? Like this magnet that says Aruba on it. Sure. But doesn't you, you know? Even that though is you, you're you're assuming. That someone doesn't want the Aruba magnet. Yes, I am. Because I personally don't want the Aruba right? magnet. Right? So if they do, buy the fucking Aruba magnet at the airport when you leave. If you know, you're like, you know what? My mom has a refrigerator just full of magnets from all these various places that yeah. either her or her kids have gone to travel. And it's True. a really important thing to her. So I grab that for her. Not the obligatory, like, I went here. What, do I, what can I fucking grab? Here's more shit. For me, look at what I did. <laughs> I brought you this stuff. Yeah, agree. Right? That's a good Th- there's, point. Depending on... Definitely projecting what, that I don't want Aruba. <laughs> no Aruba magnets for Melissa. Check. Um, <laughs> anyone who's listening, send an Aruba magnet. <laughs> uh, the, so it's the intention behind those things, right? And just like it's the intention behind setting your boundaries. Is it because... Are you setting it because it's really something that is going to help you it's going to make you feel better it's going to energize you it's going to fill your your proverbial cup right or are you doing it out of resentment are you pissed at someone about something are you are are you being petty or jealous like you know so johnny at the office got the promotion and you didn't and he invites you to like to celebrate after hours and you're like fuck johnny and then you're like no i'm not going i'm busy man like that's not necessarily setting a boundary as opposed yeah, that's to the, as opposed to the same same <laughs> yeah. scenario, your coworker gets a, a promotion and they invite you and you say and you you know you have another obligation or whatever you're tired and yeah. you say congratulations super proud of you man uh, I can't make it I'm gonna or I, I have this other thing that I had already scheduled I'd love to be able to do both but 
obviously I can't split myself in two. Um, or, or, you or whatever know. the thing, you know, what, but the point being, you not attending, it could be two very different things based on your intention. Sure. If your intention is to spite that person because you're angry yeah. or you setting a boundary, whatever that boundary might be, is just because you're pissed off at that person, right. then it becomes, that's when people, I think that's what happens when people look at boundary setting as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. It's when they look at it from that sort of place, like, get out of my face, I don't have time for you. Right, because you're right. because you're being arrogant and rude. Right. Versus, you know, I'm not. I, I can't spend any time with you right now. I have these other things that are really pressing, and I'm going to go focus on those or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I've had those sort of conversations with people, and it's always interesting when you know that that person does genuinely care about you. They care about the interactions, that, and they respect you, and those sort of things, mm-hmm. and they tell you. No, thank you. I got it. I, you know, whatever the thing is, or they set that boundary. You, we have a tendency to just be like, okay, yeah, and move on, right? But when you don't feel that, when it's when it's coming from like a place where there's just a lack of communication, maybe some animosity, or there's something that's just not well intentioned, um, or there's something where they're like telling you one side of it, but that's not the real reason, sort of, sort of thing. We can sense that. We have this intuition about ourselves and one another that we often we push down a lot and we repress it. Um, and, and that's where you get this thing where it's like, oh, boundaries are negative because you're, you're probably viewing it through that lens where it's there's some sort of... There's something... True disrespect coming from yeah, the Yeah, there's something the shitty yeah. about it, right? Whatever that means. It, there's, yeah. there's something there. But that doesn't mean that all boundaries no. are that way. Some are. For sure. Some people will set boundaries out of spite and out of, you know, disrespect and those sort of things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that all boundaries are are set that way. It was, um, it it made me think of a passage that I was just listening to in uh, Beyond Order, talking about the the rise of Soviet Russia and the bourgeoisie class and the, uh, oh, I'm going to mess this up. Everyone's going to make fun of me. The rich people and the broke people. Um, proletariat, that's what I was thinking of. Wow. Um, and, and basically this idea that if you're wealthy, you are evil and manipulative and destructive. And if you're impoverished, you are good and suppressed and you're, you are oppressed. You're being held down, but you're ultimately a saint, right? You're a good person. The reality is those two archetypes exist in both of those groups. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter your wealth status necessarily. And it's the same thing when we look at this, this boundary thing is that there are toxic and healthy boundaries that are maintained yeah, all the time. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that all wealthy people are good or bad or all poor people are good or bad. It doesn't mean that all boundaries are good or all boundaries are bad. They're likely a mix. But you know when you're setting one that is intentional and purposeful and it feeds your life it allows the things in to permeate that boundary they can they can break through the things that feed you and nourish your life and what you do mm-hmm. and it allows you to put out the things that help and feed your community right it does all of those things while still protecting you from the things that don't yeah right that's that's ultimately what you're talking about establishing and as we've mentioned that could be something 
as simple as alone time in the shower. It could be something as simple as I need, like I remember your your mother, here's an example, when you and I were dating early on and she was still working, she drove home because she worked in her client's homes, right? She drove home and she would sit in her car for 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes and finalize some phone calls, this, that, and the other thing. And she just like, just needed, she had that space for her to put a bow on her day mm -hmm. and then shut it down and come inside. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that, I mean, that's what a great example of one, a professional boundary for her to her employer. Like after this point, I'm done. I'm not answering these calls or whatever it is, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then also for everyone in the house. Right. Like, don't go knock on the car window. She needs 20 minutes to wrap her shit up and then come in and then whatever you have She's to say. She's not there yet. Yeah. And, and so it, those, it can be those little, little things. And likely if you're someone who doesn't maintain great boundaries, it's going to be, you're going to be more successful and it's going to feel less painful and less arduous to start with those sort of little things that you can just create for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you create all those little personal boundaries for you. And then you fulfill the fuck out of those personal boundaries for yourself. Yes. And then you start to put them out into the external world and to the people around you. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily in that linear fashion. They can Those things can coexist. Yeah. Uh, but point being in terms of a skill progression, it's going to be... Mm -hmm. easier to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. So you start with real simple, tangible things that you mm -hmm. can put in or omit from your day and yeah. then commit to those things. Yeah. The right? more you can respect your habits, your time, your energy, the more other people will. A hundred percent. And then the more, the more you do so, the more it feeds you, feeds your, your soul, it nourishes you and you can do those things. You can be a better friend, a better boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife, a better employee, a better parent, a better son or daughter. Mm -hmm. You're just better in all those areas because now you don't feel disrespected, stepped on, overstretched, all of these things that you've allowed yourself to do because you haven't created any of these, these limitations or these boundaries, you know, around your life. And I think that's a really, it's a really powerful thing to consider that you have the ability to shape those influences. Mm -hmm. You do. There's consequences. I don't want to make it sound like there's not. There's consequences regardless. Like yeah. we said before, you can choose to do nothing and there's a consequence to doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Right? And there's, yes, there's also a consequence to setting this new boundary with someone that maybe is not used to you acting that way, not used yeah. to you holding that sort of boundary. So that's not a reason to not do it. I would implore that you that you look at the aggregate, you look at the long-term impact of not having that boundary and understand that it's not just about that singular interaction and just getting through it. Yeah. It's about how many future interactions will I have with this person, with this friend, coworker, family member, spouse, that is going to put me in the same position. Mm -hmm. And is it going to get better or presumably get worse in terms of how I feel or react to it? Would I be better served swallowing that hard pill early on and having a discussion that's maybe unfamiliar and most of the time not as uncomfortable as you think it's going to be mm -hmm. we have a tendency to do that in yes. most things to, yes. to work it up in our mind to be this monumental thing yeah. and it's really not uh which is well and try to put put yourself in those people's in those that person's shoes so 
If they said no to your barbecue in a way that was respectful, would you be mad at them? Hopefully they react the same way. And if the, your answer is yes, then you might need to dig into why. Right? Sure. But that's a, that's a whole different topic. Um, but just to, to bring it all home and tie a bow on it. So we talk about boundaries being something that you create that either lets in or keeps out anything that feeds your life. Right, that's kind of a general mm -hmm. thing, and we can set boundaries in many, many areas. Right, personally, professionally, romantically, um, all over the place. We talked about bringing awareness to these boundaries and where you may or may not have them. With the first step being just a time audit, or especially if you're someone who is frantically and consistently chronically busy. Mm -hmm. If every time someone asks you to do something, you're busy, that might be something to look into. So run that time audit. Are you giving yourself space throughout your day to just create a, a buffer Or if of you're time? only associating your worth or value in the world with how many things you get done in a day or how many things Appointments you're a part on your of. Appointments on your schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So bring some awareness to that. Look at that tangible schedule is a great place to start. And then start to figure out where are there really small, simple ways that I can do this, whether it's social media cleanses or getting rid of some contacts, or whatever, in your front, like silly stuff that's really easy. Start there and then pick something else that's a little bit harder and still really personal and then start to build from there. And you start to get stuff that's more and more external as you become more confident building up your own boundaries within yourself and you build trust with yourself with maintaining them. Because as you mentioned several times, if you're not maintaining those boundaries, then you're basically telling yourself and the other people around you that they either don't exist or they're in flux. They're changing right, right now. Right. Um, and, and be willing to go through this process again and again to reassess where your boundaries are at, to reassess, have they changed? Do they need to change? Have I let them slip? Mm -hmm. Have I stopped? Have I relinquished holding them? Yeah. And, and is there a reason for that? And and then you just keep tinkering with it, like everything else. Yeah. There is no destination. You just keep moving forward, working toward it. What do you have? Anything that you have for us? Thoughts, words of wisdom, tips on boundaries before we wrap it up? I think we've touched on a lot. Um, I don't know if I have anything else there. I think, like like we mentioned, consistency is, is huge. Awareness and then being consistent with them. And just proving to yourself that you can keep you can do it. You can keep doing them. You can do it. All right. Melissa, thank you very, very much yeah. for chatting about this fun. today. Appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you guys next time on Our Human Experience. Thank you again for listening. We truly appreciate it. Please share this episode, subscribe, and leave a review. Your support and feedback allows us to grow together, creating a better experience for us all. And that is the ultimate purpose of our human experience.